Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Each moment in the crucified Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed? Well, good morning. Good morning. Good, good cool morning. It is a cool morning. A little snowfall outside. Be pretty for once so cold. <laughs> and we were in the south and it's all turned to much anyway. So I want to start today with a bit of a rhetorical question. I'm not expecting an answer. That's mostly because I'm afraid that the answer we would like to give may not be the answer we live up to. That question is, is Christ enough? Are you or would you be willing to give up everything to follow him? As much as I'd like to say, yes, I would, I'm afraid I might be lying. Because the truth of the matter is, I don't know. None of us really know, especially here in America, we have so many freedoms and blessings that we take for granted that we really don't know the answer to that question. We hear stories about people overseas faced with that type of question all the time. They're in countries that are ran based on other religious beliefs or on non-religious beliefs to where being a Christian is considered a crime. And yet those people are willing to give up everything for Christ. And as blessed as we are here in America, we may never face that question. But then again, we may. Because God hasn't asked that question of me. So I don't know. And I pray that he doesn't. But he has asked that question of others. And he asked that question of a young ruler in his own time here on this earth as a human. Christ asked that very question. And he asked that question of the disciples that were following him. See, in Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 18, we see that question play out. It says, A ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your mother and father. I've kept all of these all my youth, he said. Then Jesus heard this. He told him, you still lack one thing. 
Sell all you have and distribute it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. After he heard this, he became extremely sad because he was very rich. Seeing that he became sad, Jesus said, How hard is it for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God? For it is easy, easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, Then who can be saved? He replied, What is impossible with man is possible with God. Then Peter said, Look, we have left what we have and followed you. So he said to them, Truly I say, truly I tell you, there is no one who has left a house, wife, or brothers, or sisters, parents, or children because of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times more at this time in eternal life in the age to come. See, Christ was telling them that the importance of life isn't in the material possessions. He was telling them that the importance of life is in heaven. That everything that you're willing to give up here will come back to you multiple times there. Whether it's riches and wealth, possessions, or even friends and family. We have multiple missionaries around the world who leave their friends and family to go serve God. Sometimes at the very risk of their own life. I've not been called to that, so I don't know what that would feel like or be like myself. But I can imagine it would be a terrifying experience, at least at the start. To know that I have to put that much faith in God. But also to know that if at some point, for whatever reason, whether it's a tyrannical government that takes over, or an economic crash, or any other possible problem, if everything I have was taken away, would I still have the faith to follow God? Would I understand that all that stuff is just stuff? It's a hard question to answer. Is Christ enough? It's a very, very hard question to answer. Is Christ enough? Because the short answer, I would hope that all of us would say is yes. But when the time comes, when you're faced with the decision do I go against my convictions or do I follow Christ? What would that time really be like? What would that decision really be like? Would I be willing to give up my livelihood, my way of life, my comfort, my house, put my family in possible jeopardy for the sake of Christ? Because God was telling me what the people who pay that way is doing is wrong. And I shouldn't follow that. See, there's a lot of debate about things that are going on in our government right now. A lot of concern and thoughts about 
mandates and pressures that to us as Americans seem unconstitutional but are commonplace other places in the world. And families face those questions. And even here, families are facing those questions. Do I give up that job to follow my Creator and my convictions? Or do I look Christ in the face and say, I'm sorry, but you're not enough. I have to provide for my family. Do we not trust God enough? See, the simple fact of the matter is, science would tell us that there are basic needs, food, water, shelter, clothing. God tells us there's one need, Him. And he'll take care of the rest. See, Christ has already answered that question once also before. In Matthew 6, in verse 25, he said, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or, what, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. That's how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow. Won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Christ said not to worry. God will provide those things. To be honest, I've faced that in the past. I've lost a job before. I was faced with what do I do next. I found another one. And another one that led me to where I'm at now with the company I work for now making twice as much money. God paved the way when I couldn't see it. And if for whatever reason this one's taken away, he'll find another way for me. I shouldn't have to worry about it. I've trusted him before. I can do it again. But I am human. And I know that one day I may face that. One day we may, all may face that. With economic downfall comes limitations on people. So people who own their own businesses may face trouble for the simple fact people that they service don't have the money to spend. It could happen. when you find out how much you trust God. What's next?
What's the next big thing, God? What are we doing now? See, we're the only creatures that walk this earth that have to pay to survive. The deer eats grass that drinks from the brooks. The birds gather seeds from the ground. Squirrels store up nuts for the winter. And they do it all free of charge. We're the only ones who pay our way. God didn't design us for that. He designed us to trust Him. We do that because of man's laws. We have to create laws and rules and regulations not to kill each other. How ridiculous is that? When, if we are truly by nature alone, we should have the sense not to exterminate our own species. The fact of the matter is we have souls and minds. We react to this world based on the urgings of God or the devil. And it's the devil that urges us to kill each other, to conquer each other, to rule each other. And when we trust in God, we can live together. And we can survive together. And no rules or regulations presented by the devil can overtake us. No matter what trials or tribulations come to us, Christ is enough. We have to make the choice to believe it and to trust in it. He told us to not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. So let's take today and praise God because today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for the blessings and the message you have given us. Thank you for the hope that you will provide. One of your many blessed names is our Lord the Provider, Jehovah Jireh. We ask that you provide for us when we see moments of weakness and you encourage us when we seem like we can't do it. When we feel alone, you comfort us. When we suffer, you heal us. There are so many things because you are our Father. We ask that we recognize that and that we meditate and pray on your word and your word alone, that we understand the importance trusting in you and that if and when you present that question to us we have the faith to say yes God you are enough I trust you we ask that you put this message in our hearts and on our minds and that we can carry it to others and encourage them with it that God you are enough Christ is enough put your trust in your faith in Christ and not in the men that are around you. That whenever it seems like the world is letting us down, our faith is in you. We ask that you do all of this in the blessed name of Jesus Christ. Amen.